0: The Deep Analysis Podcast.
1: Oh, welcome back to part two of my conversation with Robin Daniels. This time, we are not talking so much about Silicon Valley, though we certainly do touch on that. But here we talk about the tech startup community in the Nordics and how the business culture thrives there, though in a very different way to Silicon Valley. Without further ado... Let's join the conversation once again. Prior to this podcast, we were talking a little bit about Denmark, and, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who gets really irritated when people say to me, oh, Britain, I know London really well. And then I realize, <laughs> oh, no,
0: you done. No, you
1: don't. No, you don't. No, you A right. little bit of London. So I'm very cautious here. Um, but I have spent time in the Nordics, and mm-hmm. I've spent quite a bit of time in, in Denmark, a little bit of time in Sweden, I worked on a Norwegian oil and gas project back in the day. I spent a month, uh, well, more than a month, but it, it, in one big chunk once over, uh, a very dark winter in, uh, Helsinki, which I know is not <laughs> Nordic. Um, I learned enough to know that much. Like, don't, 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 don't ever call a uh, Finnish, <laughs> an avian person, but that, That's right. <laughs> that sort of broader region, um, always amazed at well, it's two things. The youth. I'm actually really taken aback when I'm in the Nordic country mm-hmm. at just how much energy and effort is going in. So I'm sort of bigging up the, the Nordics here. but and yet, yeah, no, I, I, and yet they don't have the same
0: level of funding. It's it's changing, honestly, pretty rapidly. That's In the last many years, I've been spending a lot of time and there's definitely more capital coming in, which mm. means there's more talent coming in. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think the because the, the society there is kind of a pseudo-socialist-slash-capitalist society, you both have the opportunity to go and create something that's magical and impactful, but you also have the safety net that you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. So if it fails, you're screwed for life, like we've seen over here in, in, in the U.S. many times. So here it's like, it's it's either-or versus there. It's like, yeah, we, we want you to go and take these big chances, and you should, and you should work hard to do it. But if you fail, and again, a lot of companies fail, I mean, the majority of startups fail, then you know, society will be there to pick you up and help you and so on, because we want you to succeed again and try again. And I think that's something really powerful uh, about that notion of solidarity and togetherness that is a little, sometimes I felt it's missing over here in the US. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the entrepreneurial spirit you have over here, but it's sometimes a little too much doggy dog world, I feel, where you know too many people are being left behind or not being able to fend for themselves. And there's no, there's no safety net for them. There's nothing to fall back on. Um, and so they're left with crippling debt, or or bankruptcy, or loss of their home, and obviously devastating you know, for, for so many. Versus, but we're going to help you. We're going to help you get back on your feet, so you can go and try again. Which is it, it's a great message to send to people because it gives it gives you the psychological and the the physical safety to actually go and try some of these big things. Now, the reason why you're seeing this trend in in, in Denmark and, and other Nordic countries of so many startups is because I think there's a real hunger for. You know, we know that these markets are small. Denmark is a small market, five million people. You know, so is Finland and Sweden and Norway and so on. But but they're trying to export the values more than just export the product. Like we are building these products because we really want to have an impact on the world in a much deeper way. We're not doing it just to 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 sell a product because if we did that, we would never start a company in Denmark because the markets are still just too small. So let's build products and companies that are not just exporting something that people need but also something that can ultimately change, you know, the the values and behaviors of people, which I think you're seeing a lot of coming out of that, that ecosystem.
1: I think that's very insightful. I mean, if I roll the clock way back in my career, sort of the thing which I, I guess in a, in, a, in a bizarre way sort of made my career was <laughs> I wrote, a, I mean, it was essentially a book. We called it a report, but it was essentially a book, mm. which was the very first book that sort of mapped out and, gave advice on an emerging market called web content management.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it was the first one, and you know the timing was sheer luck, but you know, it sent me around the world, and it was pretty amazing. <laughs> the, the funny thing there was I had, I better not say the number, but I, I had a, a budget for research and travel to research mm. this book. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I came out to Silicon Valley, and I met Interwoven yeah. and, and mm-hmm. a- and, and whoever, you know, around at the time, Broadvision, etc. But it was after we published the books, we suddenly found out there were like 20 other companies in the Nordics.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's we right. never
1: crossed our minds to look. And, <laughs> and indeed, for web content management, not a topic I cover in great depth anymore, that's the home of it.
0: Yeah, it's
1: quite yeah, interesting that's right. Now. The big money goes in to build something. It's sort of gets its exit, it sort of disappears into that's right. open text or wherever, whereas this thriving community
0: <laughs> in Europe yeah, is still
1: right. alive. And
0: that's right. And It's funny. I actually used to work at Vignette. I don't know if we ever talked about that for a couple of years. I'm in oh, I could context. tell you a Vignette story. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're actually right. It's one of the reasons I moved. So, so back then, there were certainly a lot of tech happening in the Nordics. But the the tech, the companies that were founded were really limited to I would called small thinking. They said, well, we're going to create a company with some great ideas, and we're going to make it big in Denmark or in Sweden or Norway. But now the companies that are coming out of there in the last five years are saying, no, no, no. We want to make these technologies accessible and, and successful everywhere in the world. And, of course, the Internet has facilitated that in a way that just wasn't possible you know, 20, 25 years ago. So people have bigger ambitions. And so there's a couple of factors I've seen. You've seen people who've worked or had success abroad. They don't now come back to Nordics because they say, well, we, we value the value system, the, the life qualities here, but we actually want to create companies that have global impact. So that's number one. Number two, you're also seeing a lot of influx of capital, maybe it's still not as much as Silicon Valley for sure, but you're seeing a much greater influx of capital because a lot of VCs are realizing there's a lot of great ideas coming out of, of the Nordics. And then I think finally, again, this notion of you no know, exporting your values, I think it's something that VCs are starting to appreciate because that can have a, a, not just create a product that has a great exit, but also create, you know, uh, companies that have these kind of super brands that people fall in love with, which I think is really interesting. But another thing that I've been thinking about, Alan, is, is also, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies right now are thinking about Uh, How do we create a category? How do we lead a category? How do we win a category? It seems to be the thing that that so many people want to talk about. I've been thinking about it. And and the conclusion I've come to, and, and I'd love to just hear your thoughts on this, is that you really need three things. If you want to be a true, true, true category leader and win, there's three things you have to do. Number one, obviously, you have to have an amazing product that people love and that people actually find valuable and useful. So that's number one. Number two, I think you have to have a strong community around your company. You have to have people who verify that they love using it. They would recommend it to their friends and family. They just they can't can't wait to engage with you, like Salesforce have done, you no know, very well with building a community. And then number number three, I would say, is the companies who also stand the test of time and really create uh, exponential value are the companies that reinvent the business model. And I think right now we're in a we're in a point in time where. If you have time to think about your company and how you're going to add value to your customers, reinventing the business model makes a lot of sense. So, For example, when suddenly SaaS became a thing, when we moved from on-premise to software to service, not only did, did Salesforce could come in and say we have you know, better features than Oracle or, or SAP and so on, but we also have changed the business model. You know, we, it changes the conversation instantly because it's not just about feature versus feature. It's about, well, we're actually a different kind of company to do business with. Our success is tied to your success. You know, we only win if you win. And you can pay us as, for as much as you use, when you need it, and so on. You can scale up or down if you need. Our success is tied to your success. So this equity of success, I think, has become obviously a standard nowadays. But it wasn't you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I see other companies trying to reinvent the business model. But I think it's a really great way to, to lead and win a category because it changes the conversation from just being about features it changes to be about something much more meaningful. So I don't know, don't know what you're seeing, but it's something I think is is something to lean into, especially during this time of where we're all sequestered at home and we have to reinvent how we go to market.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's in alignment with that, but I, I've been fascinated um, by the use of blockchain, sort of not crypto blockchain, mm-hmm. but blockchain for business. I think I wrote a report. Oh my gosh. Seven years ago, when I was a research director at 451, I had no idea what blockchain was. And I took a <laughs> briefing and I sort of sort of got up to speed. I thought, oh, that's sort of interesting. And when I started deep analysis, it, it certainly was one of the things I really wanted to focus on. And, and long story short, blockchain is really interesting. A ton of money, I mean, a ton of money has gone into it over the last three, <laughs> four years. There's almost nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. However, now you're seeing little startups coming out who have said, oh, that's all it does. That's really interesting. (laughs) And so they're developing little applications for insurance, for supply chain, for for Mm -hmm. all sorts of things where the simple concept that I don't need five copies of a document anymore I just need one because it's underpinned with a blockchain hash. That is catalytic. And and so I do Completely. see a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, but I am seeing startups now coming along and they're not really going to VCs and saying, I have this amazing technology. They're actually going mm-hmm. there and saying, I think this area of business has a problem and I think I've got mm-hmm. a fix for it. Yeah. I mean they're I leading, exactly
0: right. leading with the fix rather than the technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think you you've nailed it. That's exactly what I'm seeing too. And I think for, for, for the smart companies out there, uh they're leading with that because the technology, of course, is subjected to based on what you what you think is better and so on. You know, you'll always have people who have certain preferences. Uh, but if you lead with that, I think it just changes the nature of the conversation instantly.
1: It does. Uh, And, uh, you know, just finally on on the Nordic thing, because as I say, it's it's, it's a region that's fascinated me for a long time. And I I don't know enough about it, but, uh, you know, I do love it when I'm there. But I, I will say, you know, in the past, I was probably guilty of meeting with small companies, small tech companies in the Nordics and sort of scratching my head thinking, well, you know, why aren't they bigger? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I understand they didn't have access to the capital in the past that, that somebody else would have mm-hmm. here. But I, it also dawned on me a long time afterwards that they're driving BMWs. They're doing okay. <laughs> I mean, they don't need <laughs> yeah. $100 million. That's right. You're absolutely right. Life is Why do yeah. they need to aim higher than this? Yeah. And I'd like to see more yeah. of that here, if I'm being honest. You know, we totally. I
0: mean, good. It's,
1: it's good technology. Yeah. People like it. We've got a community yeah. to check off your boxes, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? We we don't have to put our lives on the line no. to I, to gamble totally, totally agree. And, and turn this into a billion dollar company. It's not necessary.
0: Well, I mean, you see it so often here. It's, it's, it's so funny. I mean, it's, I think it's just embedded in the American psyche. Is the moment you have some success, even if you open a restaurant or a florist or a hair salon. The moment you have a little bit of success, you franchise it or you scale yeah. it, you open up new locations. Whereas that has never been the same, and certainly in Norwich. I think it's even the same in, in the UK and the rest of Europe and so on. It's, it's only come in in the last, you know, uh, I would say, couple of decades, but it was never kind of embedded. It's like there it was just like, I'm going to create a company and have employees and we're going to do well, but it's never about just scale, 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 scale. And I think now you're starting to see that more. But it's not at all costs. Like you said, it's not just, there's still, what well, we can do is slow. We don't have to, you know, triple 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 our growth every year you know it's like it's okay if we grow slower as long as it's meaningful and impactful so if you make it back to Denmark at some point you've got
1: experience from you know you're going to be legendary on day one um <laughs> I mean, you've got experience with Box, with Facebook, with WeWork. I mean, you've seen the ups and downs.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so I, didn't, I, didn't, I never worked. I never worked for Facebook. Uh, that was one that eluded oh, yeah. me, but it was it was LinkedIn and LinkedIn, LinkedIn my apologies. LinkedIn, yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> it was LinkedIn. It's all good.
0: It's all good. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I feel very blessed and very fortunate. You know, some, I've worked at companies that didn't make it, and those are on my LinkedIn profile. You can check them out, and some that have obviously done very well. Salesforce, Box, uh, LinkedIn, WeWork is still around and so on. Um, and and I've I've always just tried to choose companies that I think will do well and that are aligned with the the values that I see in the world. You know, I, you know I don't know. You know, for example, what happens to WeWork? Who knows what's going to happen to them in the future? But I think they have changed the future of work forever. Meaning, people won't accept kind of a crappy office anymore. You know that when you go into a WeWork, and I know a lot of companies who are there, and the customers are very happy. So so. It's different than the investor story and the the growth story, but the customers love the concept because it's a different kind of office environment you have. You can attract better talent. Your employees are happier. All that's proven. So whether it's going to be WeWork or some other company that's going to lead that in the future, who knows? But the future of of, of work has changed forever, I think, because of what they propelled forward, the idea they propelled forward in in the world. And so I've always tried to choose companies that are trying to change, you know, the way people work or, or the way people operate, communicate, engage in, in, in interesting and scalable ways. On that
1: note, I'll say something very positive about the broader Nordic, which includes Finland in this case. Um, <laughs> I was on a project many years ago uh, in Helsinki, and there was a consultant there, and I thought this guy was nuts. And actually well, actually, well, I'll be careful because he might identify himself here. Um, but, yeah, he was a little off the charts. Um, that said, he had this idea of the digital nomad. That, mm. you know, why are we going to offices anymore? We should be doing And he had this great mm-hmm. idea. And I thought it was the st- stupidest idea I'd ever heard. And it just shows what I know as an industry analyst is clearly very little at yeah. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. Things change. Um, you know, we we have a we have a shared office space, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's what we'll do when we can go back as well. And uh, I think it's changed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's exciting is the short term sometimes horror stories of crazy money being wasted left, right, and centre. Mm-hmm. That that can overshadow actually a fundamental shift in society that that's that's been made. Yep. Um, that's going to be around exactly. for a long hey Robin thank you so very much uh, this has been great and, I, and I, I'm sure people will be fascinated uh, in everything you've got to say and I wish you well on your
0: next venture thanks Alan it was really great to uh, to chat with you thanks for having me on and uh, yeah it was great to talk to you too
1: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Robin uh, if the conversation sparked any thoughts or questions then let us know email us come to our website you'll find our contact details very very easily there are many more podcasts coming up soon so uh bye for now and uh tune in next time bye